This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your host, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, April 23rd, wherever and however you're connected, wonderful to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who loves nothing more than to be booed by a multitude of people, Jason Shepard. Yeah, tonight, it's the NFL Draft. Roger Goodell, boo. minus the booze. Unless he's convinced his family to boom in the background. Here, First and foremost, I have never understood booing the commissioner. Why are you booing the commissioner? He is the one responsible for giving you all of the NFL action that you love to sit and watch. I don't understand booing the commissioner. <laughs> I just have never understood that. There are a lot of people that do understand it. I, I don't and get disagree it. with you wholeheartedly. I, I do not understand why you're booing the commissioner. He's responsible for all of your hours of enjoyment. He's embraced it though, and yes. uh, has raised money for charity. Yeah, for encouraging yeah. people to boo him. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And here's the thing: if you don't like people booing you, you can always block them. That you can. <laughs> Hey, it's a Thursday morning full of breaking news. Some of it we can mention specifically, other parts not so much. But let's do it! BYU Sports Nation breaking news. Let's start with this. BYU beats Indiana in the final four of the Fox College Hoops ultimate fan bracket by a final tally of 52.8% to 47.2%. BYU advances to the national championship in that ultimate fan bracket and take on Michigan who barely <laughs> so cor- correction correction UNC takes down Michigan Michigan had the lead late yes UNC comes back at the very last moment and now it's Carolina BYU Carolina for the championship but and and here's the best part about BYU beating Indiana so far there have not been any disgruntled fan bases complaining about uh, improper tweets how about that? It's interesting. Yeah. Well, it, we B, BYU has had a healthy lead pretty much the entire polls, you know, time that it's been up. They had what a, I mean, it's it's pretty much stayed six or seven percent lead for the last day or two. BYU's had this in hand, so congratulations. Here we go. Look, BYU is, and North Carolina. I like it for the national championship. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Reminder: the winner gets a paid-for billboard in the city of their primary rival. So if North Carolina wins, they get a huge billboard up by Duke University. And, of course, BYU, if and when the Cougar fan base unites to help BYU win, then they'll have it in Pac-12 country in Salt Lake County. Here's a question I have for you. Had Utah been in this and won, would they have put that in Boulder? That is a great question. Please tweet that out. Utah fans, enlighten us. Where would your rival billboard have gone if you had been in this N1? I kid. I Boulder, kid. Colorado? I kid. Holy cow. Uh, I mentioned uh, a couple of elements of breaking news. And wouldn't you know it, Jason, they both uh, involve the state of Indiana. But we can't really go there. Uh, BYU basketball will be day. feeling pretty good today. It's a good day. Because of uh, a certain transfer that is available, uh, we cannot, because of compliance issues, mention his name or the timetable of any of this. But 
let's just leave it at it's a good day for BYU basketball and uh, not so much for the state of Indiana. Here are your or here is your show lineup rather. Uh, Gideon George, speaking of BYU basketball, he's going to join us today. His trip from Nigeria to the United States was a lengthy one. How did he end up at BYU? Plus the best to wear it. Number three. Yes, that includes Tyler Hawes, Kyle Van Noy. Interesting debate there. The best to wear it. Austin Lee's deep blue feature, the former BYU football standout, hoping to have his name called during the NFL draft this weekend. And you can only keep three. Nine BYU backup quarterbacks that made nine starts or fewer. You got to pick three. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Congratulations goes to Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, who won the AVCA National Player of the Year this morning. Congratulations. What uh, a season for Gabby. Uh, The last time, by the way, a BYU player won this award was Taylor Sander back in 2014. Also, he was not done. Off the Block released its 2020 Men's Volleyball National Awards. And uh, Fernandez picked up the sweep, earning the Brian Ivey National Opposite of the Year, the Dane Blanton Diversity Award, and the National Server of the Year. It's just uh, Gabby Garcia-Fernandez's world, and we're just living it. Yeah, it's clearly. Uh, off the Block had their say, as Jason just mentioned, awarding several BYU players. Davide Gardini wins the Karch Karai Award as the nation's best outside attacker in the NCAA. Will Stanley, who we spoke with yesterday on BYU Sports Nation, he's coming back for another year. Awesome news. Takes the Loy Ball Award as the nation's best setter. Congratulations to all BYU volleyball players involved in those prestigious awards. And we just mentioned this a second ago, but the Fox Ultimate Basketball Fan Final Four Twitter poll was finalized this morning. BYU beat Indiana 52.8% to 47.2%. They are moving on to the championship round where they will face the Tar Heels of North Carolina. I was convinced it was going to be Michigan. Michigan has a massive fan base and a massive alumni base. Sheer numbers alone, I thought it was going to be Michigan. They led for the majority of the poll. I don't know, maybe Michael Jordan tweeted from a burner account and (laughs) got the UNC people to get on board. Hey, it's the Cougars and Tar Heels. Let's go. The NFL remote draft starts tonight. Let's hope communication breakdowns do not happen. No BYU players are expected to be called over the first two days, but just maybe, Jason, on day three when you get to rounds four through seven, maybe there's a sleeper in there. Running back Tyson Williams, defensive back Diane Gonwoluku, receiver Alevihipo, defensive back Austin Lee. All four of those guys have received a lot of interest, not to mention tight end Moroni Laulupututau, who we think will get into a camp, but... As a free agent, J.J. and Wigway, Micah Simon is a guy that ran a really fast 40 and had some great three-cone drill numbers. Bo Tanner, Austin Kofensis, and Emmanuel Supa also all throwing their names in the mix. As a reminder, the last draft pick from BYU was Sione Takitaki in the third round by the Cleveland Browns. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Presented by Trio Senior Living. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Jason, I just went through that long list of BYU players that all have NFL dreams, notably Tyson Williams, Diane Gawoluku, Alevi Hifo, Austin Lee, Micah Simon. Those are the guys leading the charge. If you had a top five of most likely to, one, be a late-round draft pick or sneak in on a roster on the practice squad or just anyway find a way to be a part of an NFL franchise. So who is the most likely sleeper pick in this year's BYU draft class? Look, I, 
He's not a sleeper if you paid any attention to BYU football. In terms of the NFL and what's possible for him, I think the sleeper could be Dian Gawalaku. I, I am such a huge fan of what he brings to a team. And look, I can see him, and this is what you see a lot of, especially with guys who aren't high draft picks. Maybe they, they're drafted lower in the draft or, or free agents. If they're going to make an immediate impact, a lot of that happens on special teams. That's where you're going to find your your first minutes as a pro is is having uh, making a name for yourself on special teams. I can certainly see him being one of those guys that gets that type of an opportunity. And as we saw in college, the guy just makes plays. Yes. His yes, speed. Yes instincts, his ability to attack the ball defensively makes him a guy that I think can move up a depth chart if he is given the chance to be on a roster. He had seven interceptions at BYU, but but his picks came at big moments. We all remember what happened uh, last season against the Trojans when he sealed the deal, the win over USC. While he's not a tall guy, he is just a guy that you know will go out and play big when it matters. So for me, it's it's dying. Thank you for joining me in the logic party, Jason. It is <laughs> Is Diane Gonwoloku? I've said for years now, literally three years, I've been screaming this kid's praises because of his durability, yep. his toughness. He finds a way to stay on the field, and he, as you said, makes plays. He's got a nose for the that's football. Right, that's right. If Speaking you don't know what that means, well, then just watch Diane Gonwoloku on special teams because he comes up with fumbles, he forces fumbles, he makes key interceptions, and then he knows how to return them, Jason. He's savvy. He was a running back in high school. He was one of the best running backs in the state in high school at Northridge Represent at a late in Utah. And he came to BYU and took that athleticism, moved to the defensive side of the field. Nick Howell loved him when they recruited him. They were super excited to get him. Nick Howell spoke high praises of him. You know who else Nick Howell was highly praising? Michael Davis, when not everybody else was a believer. He said, look, Michael Davis is going to play in the NFL. Nick Howell has been at times equally as complimentary of Diane Gawoloku. He is a perfect fit for any special teams package in the NFL. Bob Sanders type, if you right. will. Shorter but physical, packs a punch. And you have to admit, the NFL is a league of if you can stay on the field and be durable, man, your value will increase. Diane is a guy that has great durability. I think he's the sleeper pick. But I don't think any BYU player is going to be drafted, Jason. I don't, but I think a number are going to end up with some lucrative and beneficial free agent contracts. Well, and, and I think at this time of year, regardless of whatever draft you're talking about, you always get into that discussion on whether or not it's better to be drafted late or to be able to pick where you go and and have the opportunity to go where you have the best fit. I, I agree with you. I'd say if anybody does get drafted, it's certainly going to be towards the end of the draft. But these guys will have an opportunity to have that free agent signing and be able to go where they think they have the best chance to make a roster. And I think a guy like Diane Gawolik, who regardless of which situation he falls into, late draft pick or free agent signing, this is a guy that I think has the ability to turn heads when given the opportunity. Sure. Maybe Tyson Williams. I mean, he was a notable kid coming out of high school. North Carolina, South Carolina, BYU has dealt with a, a rash of injuries, but he is a freak, and he can absolutely ball. So maybe Tyson Williams gets his name called late. I would love to see him get an Austin Lee, according to Pro Football Focus, is the highest-rated player that BYU had on last year's team at number 86 in the country. So I, I don't know. I would love for somebody's name to be called. But if it doesn't, then it brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. The last time BYU did not have a player drafted 
their name called at any point in the NFL draft was 2015. BYU has had a player drafted in each of the last four drafts, Jason. So this is a unique territory yeah. for BYU over the last few years. Absolutely. Topic number two, regardless of what sports you're talking about, when it comes to the draft, there are certain buzzwords that you hear over and over, and one of those is upside. And it would be funny to actually count the number of times the word upside is used to describe a player in the draft. You probably you probably have quite a few marks on your paper. Let's play NFL draft bingo, everybody. <laughs> exactly. Make that board. So, so because we are all about buzzwords, who has the biggest upside for the upcoming BYU football season? Ah, okay. I like that we're bringing it back to BYU here. Upside, I'm going to give you a name on each side of the ball. Why? Because I can. On the offensive side of the what, ball, are you going to tell him no? Come on. It's Devontae Henry Cole. Run DHC, the transfer in graduate fashion from the University of Utah, I think has serious upside, especially behind that BYU yep. offensive line. I love thinking about what Devontae Henry Cole is capable of at BYU. We all knew that after Tyson Williams left, BYU needed one more guy in that running backs room, an, in, an immediate injection of help and support and a guy that is, in the word of the day, durable. Devontae Henry Cole. And if you're watching on BYU TV, you're watching him do work against the Trojans of USC. I like his game, Jason. He is shifty. He's strong. He can bounce off tackles. Different type of running back than Tyson Williams. Yeah. But his physicality is what's going to set him apart. Devontae Henry Cole has the highest upside for me on the offensive side of the ball for BYU. Okay, you give me your guy, and then I'll give you my defensive guy. One other thing about DHC is the fact that, and I think this was brought up by one of the coaches, and I can't remember who brought it up, but because of his speed, and you brought up how physical he is, because of his speed, a lot of people don't think he can be both. That he's that if you're that fast, you're probably not that physical. Well, he he is both, and I think that's what makes so many people excited about him. It's because he does have both aspects to his game. Sure, the start stop is real. Yeah. So, all right. So for me, my upside, and this may sound a little strange going with the starting quarterback, <laughs> but I'm going to say Zach Wilson. I think has the the biggest upside for this team next year. If you look at Zach's career, I, I think he's only scratched the surface, and obviously injuries played a role, especially last year. Yes, and I think because of that, you know, obviously when he came back, there just there he just wasn't in sync, and the injury really took that away from him being able to continue that growth. Both injuries, yeah, both, right? yeah, both injuries. So, so this is a situation where I think the closest thing we saw to that was the end of his freshman season where he started those seven games in a row. He really started to get in rhythm, and obviously the way he played in the bowl game speaks for itself. But this is still a guy that most people believe can play at the next level. And, yes, he's going to have to earn the starting job. He's going to have to earn it. But I think Zach Wilson can get so much better than even the glimpses that we've seen. Right now, 3,960 yards is what he's thrown. He uh, has a 64% uh, completion percentage. 23 TDs and 12 INTs. Probably more INTs than what you want, but this is a guy that's going to take some chances, and that just goes with guys that are going to do that. You're probably going to have a higher interception uh, rate than, than normally. But I, I think that the best is yet to come for him, so I still think that there's more upside for him to reach. Okay, Zach Wilson, and I'm with you there. Because he is finally healthy, his shoulder is good. Yep. He's had adequate time to rest it. His thumb is fine. He's not trying to get back too soon because BYU's other quarterbacks were hurt. Jaron Hall's out with a concussion. <laughs> Baylor Romney's got turf toe. So Zach Wilson feels like, 
hey, I, I got yep. to get back. He couldn't grip the ball. So, yes, the upside for Zach Wilson is very high. And NFL scouts agree. How many times have we heard it from NFL guys? Oh, the highest upside on the team yeah. of any player is Zach Wilson. Well, and even even national broadcasters coming in to do the games talk about we're him playing in the NFL. Him, we're waiting to see him flourish. Okay, I promised you I'd give you a defensive guy. I will do that later in the show because i got to give love to my guy on the defensive side of the ball. Our question of the day, however, takes us to this. We have put out a list of nine BYU backup quarterbacks that have all started nine games or fewer. See what we did there? The nine and nine. But you can only pick three. You, you can keep three. Who you got of those nine? Let's run down the list, Jason. Blaine Fowler, and uh, I'm going to forget somebody, so I probably should look at this thing. Uh, in fact, you know what? I'm not going to name all the names. Just give me your three because we're running out of time. Uh, let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. All right, first response in from our list of nine at Big D-Dan 11. Okay, there they are. Blaine Fowler, Steve Lindsley, Ryan Hancock, Brett Engeman, Charlie Peterson, remember him, Jason Beck, James Lark, Christian Stewart, and Joe Critchlow. All right, Big Dan, he says, Fowler, Beck, and Stewart. Stewart should have been a starter. Fowler was with the greats, and Beck always produced. Jason Beck producing for the University of Virginia is the yes. quarterback's coach right now. Ja Beck. Christian Stewart threw 25 touchdown passes Christian Stewart in nine games. Unbelievable. He's great. Yeah. Coming up, best to wear it today, focusing on the number three. And I think you know where we're going with this. And BYU basketball signee Gideon George on his journey from Nigeria to New Mexico to Provo. What made Mark Pope such a sell for Gideon George? It's BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us tomorrow at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio for a play-by-replay of BYU football's double overtime win against Tennessee last season as Spencer and Jerem sit down with Coach Kalani Sitake, Micah Simon, and Brady Christensen. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Teamed up with Jason Shepard, I am Spencer Linton. We welcome in our first guest of the day via Skype on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. He is a recent BYU basketball signee, a junior college transfer, Gideon George. Gideon, welcome to BYU Sports Nation for the first time. I appreciate you guys for having me here. Why did you pick Mark Pope and BYU when you had so many other options? Uh, it's not, I would say it's not really my decision because I prayed, like, I prayed about it and I talked to my brother. So because when I took my visit, I saw the relationship because the relationship me and Coach uh, Pope built, it went way beyond basketball because he came out to see me like a couple of times. So... I spent time with him. I talked to him. So coming out of my visit and see, because I see the way they interact with each other, their their relationship, the way they love each other. I was like, yeah, that's the spot that will fit me. What did you know about BYU and Provo, Utah, before BYU started recruiting you? I know nothing about BYU. (laughs) (laughs) How much like do you know about BYU now? Uh, like a lot. Because I, I, I asked a lot of questions, though. Because I asked Coach Pope, 
asked uh, Chris Borges a lot of questions, and I asked my teammates a lot of questions too. And I, I did my own research too. I'm not gonna lie. Like I Google BYU. <laughs> <laughs> That's the beauty of Google. Okay, so when you yeah. see when you see the Marriott Center and you see it rocking with almost twenty thousand people and BYU beating Gonzaga, what goes through your mind about when you think about playing in front of a crowd like that? Oh, I never played in front of a crowd like that before. So it's going to be like very, very interesting and very, very. I'm going to be very excited playing in front of a crowd like that. That they are um, like they are in support of me and they are backing me. So it's going to be fun playing uh, in front of a crowd like that. Gideon, you are from Nigeria, and I read that until you went to junior college in New Mexico, which is where you're joining us from now, you'd never left your home country. Tell everybody a little bit about your background and your journey to the United States and then ultimately to BYU. Uh, It's a tough process, but thank God for everything, though. So, um, I came from the family of five, so... We are three boys and uh, two girls. So I stay in like Mina, Nigeria. So Mina is not like a very big town in Nigeria. So it started like I started playing basketball um, after my brother because he started playing basketball before me. So I joined him. Funny enough, I told us like there's an inter- um, there's. There's an interview I did, so I I told this funny story that uh, because my mom sent me to go call my brother when he was at the gym, like, practicing. So I went there to call him. Unfortunately for me, instead of me to go back home and go tell my mom that he's calling, right, the coach over there, like, just saw me. I was like, nah, he gave me a ball and started drilling me and walking me out. (laughs) So, So that's how... I'll just like call the story short. So I heard of a camp right in Oweri. So it's like a ten ten hours bus drive. Like um Juco Advocate was coming in, Brandon Gobley. So my brother told me about the camp. So I saw some flyers on Instagram about the camp. So I went to the camp, I took a bus and went to the camp. So we there at the camp. So so this um Juco Advocate came with his bodies. So I participated in the camp. I played. So he saw me and he was like, yeah, I want, yeah he's really good. That's what he just <laughs> said. <laughs> so he was like, uh, he gave me to junior college and stuff like that. He said he got this body over here, which Luke, uh, Luke Adams, the head coach of New Mexico, JC. So we went through the visa process the first time. I was denied, so the second time I tried again, so they gave me visa. I was surprised, though, for them giving me visa because I never expected me having visa. Funny enough, I went to the embassy for a good six times. It was the seven times they gave me visa. Wow. Wow. So it's crazy. My story has been... (laughs) (laughs) Hey, lucky (laughs) seventh time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like seven times, I was surprised because they didn't give me visa. I was like, "Wait, is this visa or what? <laughs> <laughs> is this real?" Probably makes yeah. you appreciate everything even more, knowing how hard it was to just get over here. 
You said what? It's, it probably makes you appreciate what you have now even more, knowing how difficult it was to even get here. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I'm very, very appreciative. So the story is like, so they told me I'm coming to um, New Mexico. I never, I never heard about New Mexico in my life before. So <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, in New Mexico, in America, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So they told me, yeah, New Mexico is in America. It's like the outskirts of America. I was like, wow. so I came, I came to America. The, uh, I landed at Dallas. So the assistant coach of New Mexico, Jason, came out there to pick me up. So that's how it is. I played. Um, I played a season, starting off the bench, before I, I get the starting position. Though. So I won the rookie of the year that season, um, the freshman of the year. So I, I make the all conference team. So my, it was a good. It was like the the process because I met good people over here. So that's why it has been very easy for me out here so now getting you, yeah you made your mark at new mexico junior college as you mentioned you won a bunch of awards first team all conference you end up at byu what kind of an impact do you think you can make at byu what type of player are you for those that have never seen you play basketball cool. First of all, they got to watch my highlight on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They can do that. They can do that. Watch some highlights on YouTube. Maybe uh, who do you pattern your game after if it were to be an NBA player? Who who do you like? Who do you try and play like? Uh, Kawhi. I love Kawhi. I love Kawhi Leonard because the way he can – because the way he – I would say he's just like a um, – He's like an all-rounder player. He can play multiple positions, so and he can defend. And I know that's one of the strengths of his game. He can defend. Even being the best player in the league, he can defend. So I see myself as that, like being able to guard, being able to score. So I can defend one to five. I can shoot the ball. I can score. Both in the post and outside, I can't score. Outstanding. BYU fans are well aware of Kawhi Leonard. Yes, they are. And what he did at San Diego State when he played against the great Jimmer Fredette at BYU. So uh, mm-hmm. they understand uh, just uh, how much gravity that comment carries. What's it like right now, Gideon, with you not being able to physically be in Provo around your teammates? How much do you communicate with the coaches and players? And, and just how strange is it that you've signed and – you're part of the team, but yet you, you can't be around any of your teammates. Uh, it's a crazy time right now. I'm not gonna lie. It's super tough. Well, I talk to my, uh, I talk to the coaching staff a lot. I talk to my teammates a lot because we do like this um, um, video, um, video workout, like every Monday or Wednesday and Friday. So I get to talk to them a lot. Gideon, uh, let's let's finish with this. Uh, what's your assuming that the lockdown goes away? When when are you hoping to arrive on campus and join your teammates at BYU? 
Man, I'm not gonna lie to you. I can't even wait to be out there. Like, I can't even wait for all this stuff to be over with. So it's about I was supposed to come like the end of May, like the 25th of May. I'm supposed to be out there. Okay, well, we hope that we see you on May 25th. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope so, too. <laughs> Gideon, we're excited to watch you play at BYU. Uh, fantastic story of how you got to Nigeria, from Nigeria to New Mexico, now to BYU. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much. Appreciate you guys for having me on. Appreciate you, you guys. You got it. Gideon George on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why. We show how. Coming up, Deep Blue with former BYU safety Austin Lee. And the best to ever wear the number three jersey at BYU. Hint, hint, it might be that guy. <laughs> Stay with us on BYU Sports Nation. Greg Rubel and I talk with NBA Draft Insider Chad Ford on the latest episode of VoiceOver with Greg and Shep, which, by the way, the entire episode will be released later today on the BYU TV Sports social media channels as well as on uh, Behind the Mic on BYU Radio. Here's a taste of what's to come as Chad discusses Yoli Child's draft prospects. He's a potential second-round pick probably right now. I, it, I did some research. I knew I was coming on here. I talked to some of the teams uh, about him. Obviously, he's an elite rebounder. He's got great length for his size. He's been super, super productive the last two years at BYU, both as a scorer and as a rebounder. And he can shoot the three now, Jason. Yes, he can. He can shoot the three, 50%. Yeah, and, and Chad goes on to talk about not just what he's hearing in terms of the positive, but also the things that the, the NBA guys that he's talked to uh, has, have, have mentioned to him about some of the things that are negatives for Yoli right now and things that he still needs to work on. But, but no question about it, you know, this is a guy that has put himself in position uh, to possibly hear his name in the NBA draft. And as you heard Chad say, who, for those that don't remember Chad, he, he's former ESPN uh, draft insider. He, uh, he left ESPN two years ago and now does a, a daily podcast. But it was great to get him on. And that full episode, we'll, uh, we'll be tweeting that out on the social media channels later today. Hey, what a great project for you and Greg Rebell. A uh, reminder that this is Jason Shepard. And I am Spencer Linton. I am merely Spencer oh, Linton don't sell yourself in Studio short. B. Let's keep it rolling, BYUSN. Big morning. Time to whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Volleyball. Congratulations goes out to Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, who won the AVCA National Player of the Year this morning. And that wasn't all. Off the Block released its 2020 Men's Volleyball National Awards, and Gabby picked up three awards there. The Brian Ivey National Opposite of the Year, the Dane Blanton Diversity Award, as well as the National Server of the Year. Off the Block sharing the love with other BYU players as well. Davide Gardini wins the Karch Karai Award for Nation's Best Outside Attacker. Will Stanley on the program yesterday. Great interview takes the Loy Ball Award as the nation's best setter. Congratulations to all involved. Sports. That's my favorite one, though. Just sports. Yes. I love it. Sports. BYU beat Indiana in the Fox Ultimate Basketball Fans Poll this morning. They are now advancing on to the championship round. BYU beating the Hoosiers 52.8% to 47.2%. Now they will face... North Carolina, who came back to take down Michigan in the championship round. Okay, you know who else BYU beat today, Jason? Kentucky and Texas Tech. Texas Tech, Tech. yes, they did. (laughs) We can't talk about it. 
Next. Football. The NFL remote draft starts tonight. Watch out for BYU players, especially on Saturday when you get to the later rounds. Potential picks include the likes of Tyson Williams, running back, Dianga Woloku, a defensive back star, receiver Aleve Hifo, defensive back Austin Lee. And don't forget about our guy Micah Simon. The last time BYU didn't have a player drafted, 2015, Sione Takitaki is the latest Cougar drafted in the third round of the 2019 season. Okay, it is time to discuss the best to wear it. Here's how it works. We take a number. If it's on a jersey at BYU All-Time, your name is in the mix. Any sport. We have started from the bottom, and now we're at number three. Now, this is a significant number, Jason. Who's the best to wear number three? Shall we start with one Kyle Van Oy? Okay. Kyle Van Oy obviously wore number three and wore it very well. Uh, his career at BYU for the, for the Cougars on the gridiron, 2010 through 2013, 226 tackles, 27 sacks, seven interceptions, uh, and uh, five fumble recoveries. We all remember he single-handedly won the Poinsettia Bowl against the Aztecs <laughs> in 2013. Uh, he contributed to BYU's third-ranked total defense in 2012, drafted number 40 overall by the Lions in 2014. Luckily for him, he was... Moved on to the New England Patriots, where he is now a two-time Super Bowl champion, now signing a massive free agent contract with the Miami Dolphins. Does life get any better for Kyle Van Noy right now? You've got two rings already. You had the privilege to play for Bill Belichick and with Tom Brady and win those two Super Bowl championships, and now you're living in South Beach. Not a bad life for one KVN. With a huge... Financial boost. Yes, Yes. he's earned it. He has earned it. Now, what's interesting about this conversation, Jason, is depending on what kind of parameters you put around it, the answer for me changes. Kyle Van Noy, based on what he's done with his entire career, not just at BYU, but now flourishing the NFL, is probably the best to ever wear number three. But we're just going about here at BYU, though, right? No, no. And we didn't put any parameters. Okay. Any specific See, parameters because, on it? Okay, I have a very st- I, not a, not a strong opinion, but I have an opinion on these two. So I'm very anxious to they, see where you go we, with this. We didn't put a specific parameter on this. If we're going just BYU, then my argument is for Tyler Hawes. I agree with you. I agree. Tyler Hawes, number three. He literally is the all-time leading scorer, the best scorer. In BYU basketball history, from a career standpoint, in my opinion, one of the most underappreciated, and this is only adding to that, underappreciated players in BYU sports history. He averaged almost 20 points a game, shot almost 50% from the field for his career, 38% three-point shooter, scored 2,720 points. Until just last year, he was a top 20 scorer in the NCAA all-time. He's still number 23. Of all NCAA players ever, Tyler Haas was clutch. And he took some heat for that. But remember that huge shot he hit fading out of bounds on the baseline against Texas in 2014? And then the huge shot he hit in the West Coast Conference Tournament to beat Jared Brownridge in Santa Clara and help BYU survive and ultimately get back to the NCAA Tournament because they won that game. 2014 West Coast Conference Player of the Year, still playing professionally. 
you know what? He still has somewhat of a name because Spain called him up. We're like, hey, we need a shooter. Can you unretire and come play? And he did. And then he got caught in the lockdown. Tyler Haas is the guy if we're doing it just at BYU. I agree with you 100%. If it's just about BYU, it is Tyler Haas. And I'm going to take your argument about him being BYU's leading scorer to the next level. Okay. When you are not just BYU basketball's leading scorer, when the guy you pass for the record is Jimmer Fredette, that puts you in rarefied air. When you are scoring more points than Jimmer Fredette, that is massive. But, Jason, Jimmer Fredette didn't stay all four. Oh, wait, he did stay all four. Mm-hmm. Tyler has outscored him. I like it. That. That's a great debate, though. That's a really fun one. Yeah. Coming up, you can only keep three backup quarterbacks. Who you got? All nine of them only started nine games or fewer. Plus, it's Deep Blue with Austin Lee. We talked to him yesterday about the madness of having two kids. Now you're going to get a look at what family life is like for him. This is BYU Sports Nation. This Friday on our BYU Sports Nation play-by-replay special. At this point, I knew we were going to win the game. Really? You knew right here? Yeah, I knew we were going to win. I knew we were going to go score. Whether he made the field goal or not? Yep. I was was very confident. Why is that? Walk us through that mentality. I don't know. It's just like... You just something that you feel like it, it, it just had to end like this, you know. We had to win. There's no other option. <laughs> Watch Friday at noon Eastern right here on BYU TV. At BYU TV, primetime is now daytime. You can expect a variety of great programs every single day. You can watch all of your favorites and find new favorites too. Right now on BYU TV or the BYU TV app. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The best of BYU Sports Nation airs Saturdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on BYU Radio and is the podcast feed featuring the best conversations and interviews each week. We had the opportunity to speak with NFL hopeful Austin Lee, former BYU standout safety yesterday. He was uh, locked up in his car because there's that. madness happening inside <laughs> his home with his children. Uh, shout out to uh, Austin's wife because she's doing some serious work in there with those kids. Um, but you're going to get a good look at what family life is like for Austin and how he balances all of that with football, not to mention making the decision to transfer from Utah to BYU, Austin Lee is our feature of Deep Blue, presented by Tim Daly Nissan. The whole recruiting process was different in high school. Growing up, you're really interested in the state schools that are around here. Utah was obviously one of the first schools that came into the picture. So when they offered, I, I committed right away. Just always thought that he would be a great player there, you know. And, and um, I think when I left, he went on a mission, came back, and it wasn't working out for him there. It was different from what I I felt in the recruiting process. That was difficult for him. And then on top of that, we were first married, and then we were expecting our first kid. So everything was challenging. For a while, I was actually thinking about transferring. And finally, I just was talking to my coach. And I was like, you know what? I I just don't feel comfortable here. It's not a good fit for me. And they wouldn't release me. You have to get a release to be able to contact other schools. And so not having that release, I actually had to go to Salt Lake Community College to earn an associate's degree. And once I was able to go there, earn my degree, uh, that release didn't matter as much. And so it was a hardship because here I was used to being on scholarship at Utah. I wasn't used to 
no income, so I had to go get a job. I was still trying to train with a very supportive wife. I think anyone who's in love with someone loves to see them happy and be successful in what they want and desire. It was, it was a very hard time financially, but I've never been so close to my family. It's a different type of feeling being here at BYU after experiencing all that. I think anytime we can take a JC transfer from Slick, it's a, that's a big pickup for us, you know, given they don't have a football program or anything. Quick fire and it is intercepted. Austin Lee, far side. I say this a lot. Anytime as a, as a football player, you have to experience those types of things. You know, his first opportunity didn't work out the way he, he thought and then had to overcome a couple obstacles just to get here. Uh, anytime uh, you have to go through those obstacles or those hurdles, I think it makes you a dangerous player uh, because of the sacrifices and the extra time you've had to put in to get where you're at. Those types of players tend to appreciate the opportunity more had they not had to experience. Just really thankful that we got him here. So it's, it's interesting how things work. Not many college athletes or anyone on this team actually has two kids. It's different but it's and unique, but it's a blessing in our lives. Balancing life with Austin and football can be challenging. Let's go! But it's so fun that we get to be a part of it, and we're grateful that they are so open to families here at BYU because we feel like part of the team, too. These kids have, you know, 122 uncles on the team. Ledger's uh, three and a half years old, and Romy's about one and a half, and uh, Ledger's something else. Uh, he's, he's, he's our boy, and he's... He's crazy. He loves BYU football. He loves to come and he loves to see, he knows the whole BYU fight song. He will tell Austin sometimes that his favorite player is like Zane or Troy or Micah. And I think it does kind of eat at Austin, but he knows that he loves his dad the most. <laughs> Again, it's it's hard not to notice the relationship that he has with his family, especially his kids as well. I mean, when we're in the locker room celebrating after wins, you know, he's he's got his son in there dancing with the team, you know, and his really, I think, the, all the players enjoy uh, Ledger a lot more than they enjoy Austin, you know. He's kind of like, he's the real MVP. He's got a, um, a lot he's playing for, for more than himself, and I think that's one of the reason, uh, reasons why our guys resonate with him so much because they see how much he cares about this game and, and you know, things other than himself. And so just been really, really happy to be here while he's here, to watch him play and the plays he's made and the passion he has for the game. So the way I balance, you know, school, uh, football, and life is I had to really learn to be present in what I do. Be at football when you're at football and be at home when you're at home. I try to get my stuff done and be present so that I can be present at home and be as supportive as a father and as a husband as I can. It's fun just to see all his teammates and his position group really embrace, you know, his son and his, his daughter and his, and his family. Because that's what we are, right? That's what we're always trying to preach is that we're family and him and that the, the, his teammates together have, have really uh, taken that to a whole new level just with how involved uh, his family is with our program. a huge weekend coming up for Austin and Courtney Lee and their two beautiful children as Austin hopes that just maybe his name is called in the later rounds. If not, he will end up yes, in he a will. camp. He will have a free agent contract. And uh, he told us yesterday he feels like the knowledge of the game that he brings, especially in a quarantine situation where, hey, a team 
they give you a playbook. They expect you to show up and be ready to go. He feels like he can handle that because um, he's a really smart guy. So we'll see how, how it works out. Yeah, good luck to uh, to the Lees as well as everybody uh, looking to hear their names called over the next uh, couple of days. Coming up, our Rising Shoutouts. And, and I don't know, Spencer, if you knew this is somewhat of an anniversary of sorts. I'll explain in our Rising Shoutouts. Oh, fantastic. I got a few schools I'd like to shout out to next. Plus, you can only keep three backup quarterbacks of guys that have started nine games or fewer at BYU. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. This segment of BYU Sports Nation presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. As always, the show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. You can also download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. And don't forget while you're there, subscribe, rate, and review the program. So I had the fun project of neatly compiling Mm -hmm. a list of nine quarterbacks, most of them primarily backups, that have made nine or fewer starts all-time at BYU because everyone's doing the, hey, you can only keep three. You get nine squares, you can only keep three. So we wanted to make uh, this a little bit different. You can only keep three, presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event, backup quarterbacks, and the nine are Blaine Fowler, Steve Lindsley, Ryan Hancock, shout out to Ryan, Brett Ingeman, who's going to be on The Bachelor, apparently, <laughs> uh, The Bachelorette, Charlie Peterson, Jason Beck, James Lark, Christian Stewart, and Joe Critchlow. So, Jason, who are your three out of that nine? This was fun. Um, I'm going to start off with Blaine Fowler. One of the reasons I'm going to start off with Blaine Fowler is because I see him the most. <laughs> and even if I didn't think he belonged on this list, which I do, he absolutely the, – the guy, the, guy, the guy was recruited by Miami, okay? The guy could have gone to Miami if he wanted. He's an unbelievable quarterback. But I see him not just during football and basketball seasons, but I see him every day at the gym when it's open. So I can't not put him on this list and then look him in the eye and have to deal with that. So (laughs) Blaine Fowler gets at number one, and he absolutely deserves to be on this. Christian Stewart would be a second backup quarterback. We saw what he did in that stretch where he came in for Taysom Hill. The guy was unbelievable in such a short period of time. And then the third guy I went with, Went back and forth on a couple of different guys. I ultimately decided on Charlie Peterson. Wow. I went with Charlie Peterson. Charlie Peterson. Shout out to 1999-2000. Yeah, so I went with Blaine Fowler, Christian Stewart, and Charlie Peterson. Okay. Well, because you picked Blaine Fowler, I, by default, have to pick Blaine Fowler. <laughs> because if I don't, then I'm the guy that, oh, Jason can pick me, but you wouldn't put me on the list. In all seriousness, Blaine Fowler yeah. is a guy that played – a significant role in the game against Michigan to help BYU ultimately secure the 1984 national championship. He was the guy that had to come in when Robbie Bosco hurt his leg and try and maintain composure. I mean, talk about a pressure pack situation. Blaine also did some good work in the first ever nationally broadcast live college football game in television history on ESPN when BYU beat Pittsburgh to open up that 84 season. Blaine Fowler deserves to be there. And the knowledge that he picked up playing with the likes of Jim McMahon and Steve Young and Robbie Bosco, tell me you don't want that guy in your locker room. The list of guys that he backed up is the who's who of college quarterbacks. It is crazy. Uh, And I'm with you. I'm going with Christian Stewart. All he did in 
nine games of action was come in, throw for over 2,600 yards, 25 touchdown passes. And if BYU's defense had figured out how to slow down a mediocre at best Nevada team and not give up 42 at home, then the Cougars win nine games that season. And if there's a pass interference call that is, please, I can't believe you didn't throw a flag in Orlando against Central Florida, then maybe BYU beats UCF and the Cougars win 10 games with Christian Stewart. The numbers that he put up were astronomical. Or if BYU beats Memphis in the Miami Beach Bowl in double overtime, 11 wins. Christian Stewart gave BYU a real opportunity to win 11 games that season. 11. He's doing just fine in the financial world right now, right? Living in the Bay Area, San Francisco, really smart kid. Yeah. So Christian Stewart. And then my third is Ryan Hancock, Jason. Ryan Hancock was a dual sport athlete. He pitched in the major leagues for the, at the time, California Angels. Ryan Hancock also beat Penn State in 1992. You want to talk about pressure? He was the third stringer the year after Ty Detmer, John Walsh, and Steve Clements go down with injuries, and Ryan Hancock comes in and helps BYU beat Joe Paterno's Nittany Lions in then Cougar Stadium. Ryan Hancock is my third guy. He was clutch, baby, and a major league pitcher. That's great stuff. Question of the day. You can only keep three. Of the guys we just talked about, who you got? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at Twiggy Stone on Twitter. Christian Stewart is the eternal backup, so you have to take <laughs> him. And Blaine Fowler is the most clutch backup, so he gets a nod. I also remember one backup that came in with his face mask pointing straight up in the air. That guy gets a nod for playing through adversity. I don't know who he's I, talking about. I don't about. know that story, apparently. Whose face mask was pointing straight up in the air? We need you to offer yeah, more insight. Yeah, you need to get some details on that one because I'm not sure who you're referring to. Yeah. Today's rise and shout-outs now. Jason, take it away. So I mentioned uh, today's somewhat of an anniversary. Now, not an anniversary in terms of this show or anything, uh, but my rise and shout-out is going to go to YouTube co-founder uh, Javed Kareem. I believe that's how you say it. He uploaded the very first video to YouTube 15 years ago today. Whoa. The very first YouTube video uploaded 15 years ago today. You want to know where he was at? He was at the zoo. (laughs) Was it a big cat? Was he filming a big cat? It was not all you cool cats and kittens. (laughs) He was in front of the elephants. And he's just like in front of the, he's like, hi, I'm here at the zoo in front of the elephants. That was it. YouTube for the win. There you go. Uh, My rise and shout out goes to the University of Kentucky and the University of Indiana and Texas Tech University for being good sports in uh, the competitions that you dropped uh, to BYU today. (laughs) So there you go. Our thanks to today's guests, Gideon George, BYU basketball signee. The conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jason, I am Spencer. Shout out to Kellen Fowler. Nice. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation for a play-by-replay special. The Cougars in Tennessee. Remember that game? Go Cougs. Go Cougs. This Friday on our BYU Sports Nation play-by-replay 